business like no business I know. From the beautifully restored Brownwood Lyric Theater in revitalized downtown Brownwood, it's waxing lyrically. Missed it by that much. There's no people like show people. They smile when they are long. The podcast devoted to and hosted by our own Lyric Theater players. This yacht happens to be surrounded by the Seventh Fleet. I find that hard to believe. Would you believe the Sixth Fleet? <laughs> now here's your host for tonight's show, Paul Underwood. Let's go on with the Welcome to Waxing Lyrically. This is your host, Paul Underwood, and we are doing the Get Smart cast today. And our first cast member is the early arriver, I think, for every rehearsal, right? We've got the one and only Patty Kilpatrick. Well, thank you for having me, and good evening to you. Well, why are you always the first one? Is it because you have these questions of the director? I noticed you were in there asking Larry some questions about your character. Well, I like to walk the stage, so to speak, yes. before the rehearsal, before the performances. It just gives me a, a feeling of getting connected. And this is a very challenging set <laughs> and play. <laughs> but it's been great fun, and it's going to turn out wonderful so when director larry mathis called you and said that you would be playing the lead part maxwell smart what was your reaction patty oh well i said <laughs> you have lost your mind <laughs> but truly i have two small parts yes. but they're they're both wonderful little parts and i love them and and I have to find two different voices. Well, so. you're good at that because you and I worked together on It's a Wonderful Life, the radio play. And my favorite scene was right there at the end where you and I both had to come up with different voices in rapid fire there. I've been saving this for a divorce. <laughs> if I ever get a husband. <laughs> Merry Christmas, George. Merry Christmas, Mother. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. A telegram from London. Oh, London! Uh, well, yes, that was that was a great show too. But um, I play a college student. Yes. You know, apparently I have never got over going to college <laughs> because of my age. And then I play a Chinese girl. 
Do you want to try out these accents for our podcast listeners here? Well, I can. What would you like me to say? Well, I don't know, Patty. Do you want to read a line as both characters? I want to hear these voices. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) I play one of the college students, as I said, and my name is Helen. And uh, we've picked up all the trash you could eat off the floor. (laughs) I love it. And then I also play uh, Mary Wong. Princess Ingrid, Princess Ingrid, I am your special help. This is the woman of a thousand voices. This is Patty Kilpatrick. Now, you and I are of the age that we remember the television series. Yes. Were you a fan? I was. I yeah. was. It, You know, it had no moral lesson or anything except you know the story behind every story is good versus evil and you just can't beat the old time shows sounds like the chaos organization is back in action chief right and there mr big whoever he is has broadcast a demand for 100 million dollars ransom or he'll use the inthermo against our cities mr big must be stopped before he goes any further now max it seems to me that just a minute chief Isn't this top security? Yeah. Well, shouldn't we activate the cone of silence? The cone of silence? I'm here with, I guess, maybe two of the youngest actors on stage. I've got Ramey Taggart. Hello, Ramey. Why don't you say hello to our audience? Hello. And I have Caroline Dennis. Hello. We'll catch Ramey first. All right, Ramey. So... How did you react when Larry Mathis called and told you that you would be playing Maxwell Smart, the lead role in Get Smart? Oh, well, um... I'm actually playing guard two. I misunderstood. I thought you were playing Maxwell Smart. Okay. All right. And... And this is actually my fourth show. Wow, you've been in four because you and I were together in the uh, Wonderful Life, the radio play. And that was my third show now. This is my fourth. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's probably the most challenging. Well, congratulations for landing in such an important role, Ramey. Thank you. All right. Caroline Dennis is in the hot seat now. And these girls are being so safe. You've got your mask on and everything. So this is a true family affair for the Dennises, right? Yes. So tell me, Caroline, what part do you play? Or now, are you playing the lead role as Maxwell Smart? No. No, I'm you're playing no. guard one. Are you having fun so far? Yes. Are you familiar with the TV show, Get Smart? Has, have your parents asked you to watch any of the old nope. reruns? What would be the best place to have a phone besides the shoe? In your pocket. All right, Caroline. Hey, thanks for joining us. Welcome. We have more Dennis's now in the studio. I am joined by Leisha. Mm-hmm. Dennis, she corrected me on that, Joe, and she may have to again. She said it rhymes with geisha, Laisha, geisha. So are you playing a geisha in this Get Smart? <laughs> I am not. I am not. Um, no, I am Miss Finch, and okay. I am the secretary to the chief. Ah, so are you familiar with the Get Smart TV show? My or? dad used to like to watch the TV show. Okay, so, all right. So yeah. you didn't watch it with him, so... Yeah. You yeah, did, kind of. When I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. What about this play made you want to audition for it? Um, 
it was something that my husband and I thought we could do with the kids. Yeah. Um, two of our kids are in it with us. And uh, so it would be kind of a fun for the whole family kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So how's it going so far? I think it's going well. Now, I asked your daughter Caroline this, and she couldn't really give me a straight answer. I asked her, is your home more like control or chaos? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's controlled chaos, maybe. It's both. I don't okay. know. <laughs> All right. That's kind of that's taking that middle road there. Yeah. All right. Um, what's the most challenging part of playing Mrs. Finch? Well, I don't know if it's any playing Mrs. Finch, but I haven't been in any theater for 28 years. Yeah. And so remembering my lines is much more challenging than I remember it being Yes. when I was definitely. much younger. I think the older we get, the more <laughs> difficult that becomes. Yes. Because who was it? I had somebody on the on the podcast. I think it was uh, Jennifer Reeves said the same thing. You know, just like the older you get, just the harder it is to remember yeah. those lines. When I was in high school and college, I, I usually had, no matter how many lines I had, I could have them memorized by the first or second rehearsal. And that's, I, I don't know how many rehearsals we've had, but I'm not even close. So... <laughs> Laisha, thank yes. you for joining. You're I said welcome. it right. Thank yes. you for joining us on Waxing Lyrically right. and Break a Leg. It opens in five days. Oh, um, hopefully not. Well, from the air date of this <laughs> okay. show, it will open in five. Your eyes got super big like, no, yeah. we're not ready for this. Max, can you give us an accurate description of that man? I'll never forget him as long as I live, Chief. 99, write this down. How tall was he? Mm, let's see. Uh, Five, eight, maybe nine. Make that ten. Suspect under six feet. Or over. <laughs> what color were his eyes? Well, that was hard to tell, Chief. He was wearing dark glasses. What about his hair? He was wearing a hat. Did he have any noticeable scars? He was wearing a suit. No, I mean on his hands or neck. He was wearing a scarf and gloves. Did you notice anything about him at all? He was a very snappy dresser. <laughs> Here is the head of the Dennis household, my good buddy. You just talked to her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, she was the head. Okay. All right. Controlled chaos pretty much around the Dennis household? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So are you playing a cop in this Get Smart No, show? well, I, I'm a chaos uh, henchman. Ah, I'm like, uh, okay. The, the script describes me as a, a big, dangerous-looking thug. Yeah. So I, maybe I'm typecast. I think so, Joe. I think so. <laughs> so are you familiar with the TV show? Oh, yeah. I watch it all the time. I know. I did, too. What was your favorite part about the, the TV show? I, I liked all the little gadgets, you know, especially the intro where he's going through all those doors. And, that, and the, yeah, that was fun. That was spellbinding. I just watched that all the time. And you never knew what he's going to talk into. His cufflinks, his tie, you know, you never knew. Yeah. Shoe. Yeah. So what's your greatest challenge on playing a chaos henchman? I guess the greatest challenge, the difference between this and the others, is the way that the stage is set up and your interaction sometimes with people you're not looking at. Yeah. So many times we, we react on stage and we play off each other. Right. Like if I'm talking to someone behind me that's supposed to be in another room or just a voice. You know, you just gotta that is interesting that. because I don't know if our listeners know yet, but they certainly will when you go see this play. It's, it's unlike any Get Smart play that's ever been put on. You're basically taking the constraints and you're embracing them and playing upon them, I guess, for physical comedy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, they probably already mentioned it. The the way that the sets built up is kind of like an adult romper room. Oh, that you know? set the set is amazing, and I I can't wait for our audience to to see the set. Um, hey, thanks, Joe, for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Paul.
All right, now we are joined by Holly Blanton, and I'm looking at the cast here, Holly, and it says that you have a dual role of Myra and Shirley. Shirley Shirley Wong. So I asked Patty Kilpatrick this because she had both characters, had had a dual role as well. Yes. So have you come up with your voices for both of your characters? I'm down to a choice of two for my first character. Okay, for Myra. Now, what is yes. Myra? Tell me Myra about Myra. Myra is a college student. Okay, okay. They are, you know, just real smart and kind of smarty pants, and they, um, they're real nerds. They're kind of geeky. <laughs> but according to our costume stress, we may be a little more beatnik. Okay. Uh-huh. Do you want to give so. it a shot on, on, uh, mm-hmm. on microphone for Myra? Well... Um, for Myra, she may be a little bit of a um, very smart nerd, but she pays attention a little more to her scholastic than she does her allergies. So then sometimes, you know, she just talks like this because she's very stopped up. <laughs> but she's very smart. Oh, I so love it. So we're not sure. All right. Okay. <laughs> and now you are also one of the infamous Wongs. Yes, they are evil. They now, are I remember, chaos. yeah, I remember uh, during uh, auditions, you had a great Wong going already. Oh. So give me, give me your Wong, Patty. Oh, <laughs> you know, isn't that funny? Everybody calls me Patty and calls Patty Holly. Oh, Holly. Isn't give that me, funny? Yes, But that's Holly. okay. Oh. And we do so many shows together right next to each other. So we're we're like the... The, the pearl necklaces. Y'all are the, so great. The church girls. Well, y'all are so great together. Well, Every thank show. You. Thank you. We have fun. All right. Um, Holly, give yes. me your Wong. Um, she's got she's to think see. about it. Because well, it's... I'm trying to think of one of my lines would be a good good thing to do is know my lines. Um, no, let's see. <laughs> if you're not chaos, you're control. No control agent in sight. Shirley Wong, we're potting. <laughs> We're working on it. It is a work in progress, but it is fun. That is great. And so two costumes, two characters, and they are back-to-back sometimes. So it's going to be fun and interesting. Yeah, that'll be a quick little costume change there. So are you familiar with the television show? Yes. Yeah. I used to watch it when I was a little girl. Yeah. And I just thought he was just such a goofball, but he was really... Uh, that's probably why I like men with a sense of humor now. Yeah. So people like that. Because he was so funny. Yeah, I know. You know, he was so cool. And 99 was so pretty. And she always just kind of had a little bit of a crush on him. I tell you. Know, you I tell, tell you. She was one of my crushes now. Oh, I'm my gosh. Tell you. so pretty. It, it was between Batgirl and Barbara yeah, Feldon yeah. in uh, Get Smart, <laughs> I think. Holly, thank you for <laughs> thank joining you. us on Waxing Lyrically. Thank and, you. I love uh, your show. Can't wait to see oh, this show. Oh, we're having show. so much fun. I hope everyone comes out. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Paul. Oh, no, not that one, Max. That's full of samples. That's for when you pose as a traveling salesman. Oh, well, why don't I just tell the desk clerk that I'm a traveling salesman? Well, how would you explain me? Well, I could say that you were the farmer's daughter. <laughs> Use the honeymoon kit, Max. The honeymoon kit? Sure, we used it before and it worked just fine. Oh, really? You and I, together, we used it? Oh, Max, don't tell me you don't remember that either. No, I don't. Remember, Max, when we get inside, if they ask if we're married, I'm Mrs. Smart. Right. Who am I? Mr. Smart. Good. It worked out perfectly. We've got the great Ricky Jones in studio for Waxing Lyrically. So tell me, how shocked were you when you got the call from director Larry Mathis that you would be playing Maxwell Smart? (laughs) 
<laughs> that would have been a disaster. No, it wouldn't. You don't think you could have pulled that <laughs> no, off? No, that, that's way too much for me. I like picking out once in a while and... I, I, I have more fun with just the character actor parts, and yes. and you've been in a bunch of them. How many lyric shows, Ricky, have you been in? Uh, this is my seventh or eighth. Wow, it's amazing how quickly they just it kind is. of build up. Once you do one, you get hooked badly. Yeah, badly. Yeah. Well, this has been a chore hanging on to it for so long, but we're glad to get it out there and get it on the stage. It's just going to be amazing. And I think the public is going to be ready, too. So I'm asking kind of all of us older characters, if you're familiar with the TV show. <laughs> oh, yes. I know the kids aren't, but uh, but you and I are. Did you kind of grow up oh, yes. watching it? Yes, that was, that was on the weekly schedule. Yeah, absolutely. What are your funniest memories of just the show? Oh, the opening. Yes. The opening, you know, all the doors and the telephone booth. That, that, that was, I always wanted to see that part. It was genius, really. So you're not playing Maxwell Smart. No, at, I'm not. At least, you know, um, how many actors would have to get sick and drop out? Sooner or later, you would be in succession <laughs> and you would have to <laughs> talk. It, it would be quite a few, I'm sure. Talk about Ryan, though, because I know this is his first lyric performance. Being a fan of the show and the first words, hearing him say the first words, it, it, it could have been Maxwell Smart. Yeah. And uh, he's he's doing a very good job at playing my vision of Maxwell Smart. So I've seen one rehearsal, so I think I kind of know the answer to this question, Ricky. <laughs> Tell me what the most challenging part of your role will be. How to look sexy and carry a chair. <laughs> How to carry a chair? <laughs> now, we might explain that you're going to be playing a member of the opposite sex. Yes. I think. Yes. So have you? are you practicing walking in here? <laughs> I have not yet, and that, that is a... That's something that we probably need to practice on. I would think so. Uh, we will be going up and down steps, but it's going to be fun. Give me your best pitch for somebody listening to this on why they should come see Get Smart. We've all been cooped up in the house and, and not been able to go much. And if you want to laugh, just sit down and laugh. This is the show to see. Amen. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Paul. Now, where would an agent who's a violinist leave a clue? Chief. What? I've got it. What? In his violin. It's a good idea. Look in there and see if you can find a name. Right, Chief. Chief. What? I found it. What is it? The name of Chaos's new Mr. Big is Stradivarius. <laughs> and the hits keep coming. We are joined now in the Waxing Lyrically Studios by none other than Drex Holt. Yes, hi. How are you? I'm Drex. <laughs> He's looking at me like, okay, is this when I talk? And, yeah, and I could tell that uh, he wanted me to talk at that point, too. You've got your work apron on still. So usually about this time, I walk into the Turtle, and you're, like, making me the best old-fashioned in town. Oh, man, thank right you. I appreciate that. We have yet to, like, share the stage together, but tell us how many lyric productions you've been in now, Drex. This would be my third. Yeah. I started off with uh, Windows Home. Yes. And then uh, I was in, um, oh, 9 to 5. I remember the first time I saw you was in Windows Home. My wife and I came, and, of course, that was a, an original that the lyric did. Powerful, powerful play. 
and you just did such a great job. But the whole time I couldn't get over, I said, Jill, that guy kind of looks like Tom Hanks, doesn't he? <laughs> so have you been told that before, Drex? I have. In fact, um, when I was uh, stationed in Vegas, I'd say I was about 19, 20 years old, I used to get extra jobs because a, a lot of movies are filmed there. Yeah. Um, and then they also had a community theater. Well, anyway, of course, I got my headshots, my first headshots. I, I mean, it might as well have been a Tom Hanks, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody kept saying a young Tom Hanks, a young Tom Hanks. And I haven't heard young in a while, but I still hear Tom Hanks, surprisingly. Yeah. Well, okay. So you were involved in community theater elsewhere for a uh, while. Yes, I did. I don't know, one show with one Vegas community theater. I can't remember what the name of that group was. But then I did another one with another community theater. It was a lot of fun. The, the second one I did was Never Too Late. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but oh. uh, yeah, a Steve Martin impersonator played my father-in-law. It was like a couple's comedy or something. I don't remember a lot about it now, but it was a lot of fun. So tell me, what kind of um, research did you have to do, Drex, to prepare to play the role of man? <laughs> well, at first I realized that from my extra days, actually, it's a promotion from being man two, man three, man four. You so, are the man. The one and only, yeah. <laughs> um, and so basically, well, you know, I've kind of tried not to, you know, my stepdad was from Brooklyn. Yeah. So I, I kind of hear him coming out a little bit because like one of my five lines has to do with the, the New York City area. Um, so I'm just... The research would be uh, trying to stay out of my head and not try to butcher a New York accent, I guess. So, all right. So I've asked Patty and I asked Holly to kind of give me, because they have to have the little accents too. So mm -hmm. are you prepared to give us just a little bit of that East Coast uh, For sure. accent? For sure. I think it would be somebody that at least would have a, a faint hint of it. Um, and, you know, it'll add more uh, personality to the play. What do you got? Um, gosh. Are you prepared? I'm on the spot here. <laughs> it's off. I turned it off. Sorry, is that is that too loud? <laughs> no, no. I think that's... Well, you might try that. Let's do that one more time because you did peek mm. on that one. It's off. I turned it off. Oh, that's great. Hey, thank you, Drex, for joining us. Oh, yeah. Us. Absolutely. Thank you. This is Joe Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. He's sitting down. He asked if he could take the mask off, and I said, please. And we're going to get you really close to that microphone, Joe. Don't be scared. I'll scoot back. We can stay six feet apart. All right. How much fun are you having? Now, you're a latecomer to the cast, right? To, well, to the theater itself. How I came to the lyric is all these years I've watched my daughter yes. on stage. Yes. And you and others. Right. And I've always wondered, I wonder what it's really like up there. So I tried out for the, I believe it was Beverly Hillbillies. Yes. was the first show that I tried out for. I got uh -huh. a part. I found out that there's tons of work, hours involved. I didn't realize all the prop moving had, had to take place. <laughs> but I fell in love with it. Yes. I'm, I'm not very good at it. but I'm not uh, either. I love it. I do too. And uh, right now, as I'm getting more mature in age. Yes. <laughs> I find that uh, the smaller the part, the better it is for me. Yeah. And turn it over to you young folks to really put on the shows. <laughs> well, how many years then total, Joe, in public service? Because I consider pretty much all that public service. Well, uh, 40 plus, I'm saying. 40 I'm plus years. So if there's anybody more equipped to handle chaos, <laughs> we've got him right here, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Thanks, Joe. Yes, sir. Thank you. I suppose you can guess what they call me. Lefty? <laughs> no, Mr. Smart. 
I am employed by Chaos, the international organization of evil. My name is the Craw. The Craw? <laughs> oh, not the Craw. The Craw. Oh, yes, the Craw. <laughs> well, perhaps you tell me, Mr. Craw, what you've done with all those blondes you've kidnapped. They are all perfectly safe, Mr. Smart. Actually, the only girl we want is Princess Ingrid. Then why did you abduct the others? Unfortunately, Mr. Smart, all Americans look alike to us. <laughs> we may be diabolical, but we are not perfect. I just interviewed her father, and now we have that daughter that he was bragging on you, Tori Choate. <laughs> uh, this is the, the, the daughter of Joe Taylor. And uh, welcome to Waxing Lyrically, Tori. Well, thank you. I have been excited to um, come on here eventually. So this is an exciting moment. Have you listened to any of the shows? Honestly, I have not yet. Hey, that's all right. I am so sorry. I apologize. It's been a crazy life lately, but I plan on binge listening. Okay. See, that's what, that's what Holly Blanton did. She went on a long trip, and she said she listened to, like, all seven right. of them That's once, what so. my plan is to do. So I've hopefully you're coming up to a weekend. Maybe I can do that. So tell me, Tori, how, what was your first reaction when director Larry Mathis called you and said that you would be playing the lead role of Maxwell Smart? <laughs> What's your favorite catchphrase, the one you always say as Maxwell Smart? Come on now, Tori. Are you, you know sure it. you're on the right person here? Um, am I not? I was under the impression. I heard that no. this was a really wacky right. play. Well, there's a lot of gender reversal. So that's I just, true. I just that's assumed. true. Um, the the person playing Maxwell Smart is actually um, amazing. Oh, and so it's not you. It's not me. Oh, okay. So he's quite entertaining. Let me just tell you, and he will. Um, yeah, you will be laughing and um, enjoying every second of the show when you come to watch. Okay, all right. Now, Tori, I was just playing around right. with you. I knew you actually weren't playing Maxwell Smart, but your eyes did get really it's- big, though. Um, big sister. Right. Big well, sister. I think now technically um, Sandra Richardson and I, we are now just kind of like tourists um, that are kind of... C- coming across and um, giving kind of a, well, I don't want to give it away, but anyway, we are tourist um, touring New York City. Okay. And then one scene we will be um, dining uh-huh. in the um, Fortune Cookie Cafe. Uh, or, so now yes. are you going to be using your regular good old Texan accent? Or You'll have to come see. You know, oh. It could be one of those things I might change up oh, each night. Okay. I'm with Tori Choate here on Waxing Lyrically. Tell me something about the director, Larry Mathis. I've known Mr. Mathis is how I like to call him. Yeah. I still just cannot bring well, he, myself to call him Larry. Well, he demands that from I you. know, I mean, but he, you know, I just... You, you call him Larry. Excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> that's Mr. Mathis. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I love him to death. I Anytime I get a chance to be in a show that he's directing, I jump at it because he is so good and so amazing. And you're never going to be disappointed coming to see a show directed by Larry Mathis. Well, you won't have quite the scene that you had with Brewster in Beverly Hillbillies right. now. Because, you know, from what I'm hearing, that was one of the, the finest moments. In, it was. In, 
it went down in lyric history as one of the best moments. For audi- audience that doesn't know that, Tori and I got to act off of each other mm-hmm. in um, Beverly Hillbillies, yes. and that was so such much a hoot. To this day, still the most, yes. the best attended show in lyric history. Yes, it was yeah. an amazing show. We've done the highbrow stuff, but you want to get people to Brownwood, right? To come to the theater. Put on Beverly Hillbillies. That's right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what that says. I don't know. I don't know either. We but love our audience. We um, do. Uh, so, give me your best pitch on why people should come see this show, Tori. Yes. Well, um, honestly, like I guess I missed out watching Get Smart. Was it a TV series? It was. Okay. Yeah, it aired so in the, the late sixties, right? Seventies, and then it was syndicated. Right. And I don't guess I ever, for some reason, stumbled upon it growing up because I watched a lot of syndicated you know um, things but um, so this is kind of my first taste of Get Smart and I didn't know what to expect but I knew when I came to the auditions that it was going to be an awesome show just from reading my the little blurbs that we get to do during auditions Mm -hmm. and then this last week or two since I've gotten to come watch the full rehearsals oh my goodness you are going to love it it is entertaining it's hilarious Um, You are just going to be laughing out loud, belly laughing at some of the characters. I mean, we have people, like you said earlier, playing parts that or a gender gender reversal, I guess is how you'd say it. But um, you got to be careful nowadays. Yes, you do. But you have to like the people that are actually doing those roles. Oh, my goodness. If you know them. It'll be even funnier. And that's what we love about our small town community because we do get to play for people that we know and people get to come see us and see us out of our norm. Isn't that fun? That is, so I love that because I, I remember when I did Beverly Hillbillies, yes. I had um, a friend of mine, Sam Goff, came and he didn't even realize that was me up there. That's the highest compliment and, you can get, isn't it? And later on, he was like, that was you, Tori? And I was like, yes, that was me. I was Aunt Pearl. And uh, he was like, oh, my gosh, you I wouldn't have never known that was you. So, yeah, that is a huge compliment. But, I mean, that's what's so fun is coming. And if you're local, you'll get to come see, like, even our mayor um, up on stage um, being so hilarious and fun. And, yeah, it's just a blast. Well, Tori Choate, thank you for joining us on Waxing Lyrically. Yes, thank you. And thank you for being such a big fan of the podcast. Well, I love it. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm going to become your biggest fan. You just wait. All right. I'm going to stalk you. (laughs) Thanks, Tori. (laughs) We've got another cast member. I think cast member or lighting? Lighting tech? What What are we doing here, Tommy Bailey, in Get Smart? I'm making sure everybody is clothed on stage. Oh, because that's important, you know, especially in a in a small conservative. This is not Fredericksburg here. We've got to be. <laughs> we have to be fully dressed. Yes. <laughs> now I mentioned I mentioned Fredericksburg because Tommy and Ryan they they graced us in Brownwood, Texas, from uh, living in Fredericksburg. Correct. Yes, we moved here a little over a year ago. Are you a stranger to the stage, or have you been involved in theater elsewhere? Well, I grew up in the theater. My grandmother had me in dance classes at the age of four. Oh. And then my first stage production was at the age of seven. Wow. So it's been a part of my life as long as I can really remember. Dadgum. So now where did you grow up, Tommy? I grew up in Kerrville. Okay. So you've always kind of been in that hill country area. Been in the hill country area. Okay. All right. But I truly love the Brownwood area. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
So um, getting to get smart. So obviously you're helping with the costumes. Yes. Um, what sort of challenges has this show presented? Oh. The COVID edition. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's my first show to costume with uh, face shields. <laughs> Let's hope it's... <laughs> and hope that, it's the that, last. That should go without saying, I would think, unless you're, unless you're costuming some sort of a Star Trek or something. Right. It, it's, there's, there's a lot of things that I thought, well, um, hmm, wigs, yeah, hats, right. jewelry. Yeah. A lot of things are... Mm, a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's what I love about what I've seen so far and the, the vision of Larry Mathis, because you can take these times and you can kind of try to do it halfway, you know, right. or you can just completely embrace it. And, you know, we're taking all the pandemic seriously, but right. on stage, it can be farcical. Yes, it can. And still be serious yes. distancing. So we're hoping everybody sees themselves in the 1960s Yeah. during COVID. Okay. <laughs> so we are going to have some 60s type costuming. Yes, we will. Yeah, that is great. I can't wait to see the costumes. I can't wait to see the play. And I can't wait to see your beautiful husband oh, and playing you. that great role of 99. He's he's not going to be playing 99. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there is a beautiful young woman playing 99. That's right. No, I'm just having some fun. I'm just having some fun. Thanks, Tommy, for Thank joining you. us. Thanks again for volunteering your time on uh, costuming because all that stuff, it doesn't just happen. Um, the magic doesn't just happen with those people on stage. Right, right. There t it takes a lot of people behind the scenes to get that magic up on stage. So Amen. Amen. I'm so thrilled to be here and to be a part of it. Awesome. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you. All you have to do is get across the street. No problem, 99. There's a crosswalk there and everything. Max, chaos is bound to try to kill you before you reach the courthouse. This is their last chance. Now, what do you think you'll need in the way of protection? Are you kidding? Just to go across the street? Those last 90 feet are going to be the most dangerous of your life, Max. Dr. Bascom suggests four men in an armored car. No, no, 99. That's exactly the kind of thing chaos is expecting. I'm better off just crossing the street by myself using nothing but my wits. Are you sure? Positive. He says he wants to get across the street himself using only his wits. I hate to see him go so unprotected. <laughs> All right, as we continue with cast members for Waxing Lyrically, we have the one, the only, the, 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 the sponsor of Waxing Lyrically in our presence, the great Jeff Tucker joins us. Welcome, Jeff. I'm not sure I can live up to that. That's <laughs> awful lofty. Wow. How did you take it, Jeff, whenever director Larry Mathis called you and said, <clears throat> um, Jeff, um, we would like for you to play the role of Maxwell Smart? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I... I was just too busy for that part, so I had to turn it down, and I asked him for a lesser role. Yeah, yeah, that was that was no. very magnanimous about you. <laughs> no, man, I, it, it was it was great to get to come try out, and it's my first time to be with the lyric in any respect, and yeah, uh, just excited to have. Uh, I mean, I look like a young college student, so it'll be, so, it'll, it won't be too much of a stretch. Yeah, well, I've interviewed some other, air quote, college students, Jeff, <laughs> and I, I think you can pull it off. You'll be all right. Yeah. 
So you're playing a college student. Do you have a dual role or just that one role? No, I'm just playing Fred. That's okay, it. just yeah. Fred. Have yeah. you come up with a voice for Fred? Yes, I have. <laughs> he he has a speech impediment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. If you hadn't figured it out by now, maybe you're listening to this show, and uh, I mentioned that uh, Jeff Tucker is a sponsor of Waxing Lyrically. We kind of just needed a sponsor, and I like <laughs> and I like beer, and I like Teddy's Brew House. Thanks. So we just threw that in there, hoping that one of these days maybe Teddy's can throw a little bone to the lyric. But uh... would love to, <laughs> would love to. Well, and we did, we did actually. Uh, you know, we came a sponsor for. Uh... Um, what do you call it? The handout for the uh, oh yeah 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 the, the program the yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah but no we we uh we're, I've been dying to try to find some way to to, to support the theater and we've been uh, of course this year has been incredible hasn't it <laughs> it it's been one like no other as yeah. a you yeah. know and we're we're fellow uh, hospitality people right. at any rate you know right. we do share that and and the challenges have been amazing no doubt no um uh, but uh, i remember when when teddy's opened and we were just finishing up you know wonderful life that play right the, the the part that makes being in these productions so fun a lot of times it's just those going out afterwards and right. just sitting there and drinking a beer and you'd cook us a pizza even though the kitchen was closed yeah. you'd make us a pizza and we'd sit there and a lot of times you're sitting there with people that you would never not that that you would just never be in that circle right. were it not for the lyric right tell me about kind of your experience and you, you're you're experiencing some of that now oh no doubt um i mean you know golly you've got the the mayors involved in this yeah. that's kind of fun yeah uh, uh you know ginger is somebody who's been like a an avid supporter of our business over there with teddy's brew house and it's neat to get to watch her act and, yeah I mean, just everybody's been great. I think what's really been cool is just how accepting everybody's been. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you know, hey, welcome aboard and come be a part of it. It's, yeah. it's a neat little family. Yeah. Um, I interviewed uh, Nancy Jo Humfeld um, for this, and, and she put it really, really good because every cast gets that camaraderie. And sure. she just said it's because that everybody's vulnerable. Yeah. Everybody's vulnerable together on stage. I mean, yeah. we're not professional actors by any <laughs> means. Well, you may be, Joe. No, 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 I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. But it, but it, I think you're absolutely right. It, it's, it's, no matter what part you've got, what is that? There are no small parts, exactly. only small actors. Yeah. But no matter what part you have, everybody, you know, they're feeling, you can see everybody has the butterflies when they begin. Oh, yeah. You know, and now we're getting off script and just trying to remember lines. And yeah. It's been neat. Did All right, see? Jeff. We'll close with this because you, I think you were serious. You you said you wanted to sing. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you don't want to hear it. I promise you. Hey, that's what you said no, on the Facebook. I, <laughs> I was messing with you. No, some other time, perhaps. I'm, All right. I'll, some other time, but I All appreciate right. it. Thank you, Jeff Tucker, and I can't wait for the show. My pleasure. You think he's dead? Yes. What do you think? Yes. No. <laughs> well, that's two for and one against. <laughs> Who are you? Inspector Sohokian, Armenian Branch International Control. Who did this? Cannot give you his, how do you say? Name. Identity. We'd better get him a doctor. No time. Must talk before I, before I, how do you say? Die. Succumb. <laughs> the man who did this, who, how do you say? Stabbed you. Attacked me. <laughs> he, he knew I have uncovered, how do you say? 
Information? Evidence. <laughs> Please, no buts. The plans, they are not plans. They are... Max, he's... Dead. Deceased. <laughs> We're broadcasting right now. Are you on? I am on. Testing. you got to get closer to that oh, microphone. Come yes, on. Yes, sir. Thank All you. All right. Thank you. All right. We, we are continuing with our cast interviews for the stage play like none other, Get Smart, and we are joined by the very talented Elisa Hinton. Hello. Thank you. Elisa, tell us about your feelings when Larry Mathis made that phone call and said that you'll be playing the role of Maxwell Smart in, in Get Smart. I know that was a strange call for you but just tell us how that went down and how excited you are to be playing that lead role well um when i first got the call i i originally thought you know i can do a few different roles if i need to absolutely and so i mean maxwell smart why yeah. not why, why not? not stretch my wings just why a not a woman for maxwell smart <laughs> well and and you know larry yeah. He's yeah. always got a trick up his sleeve. Pretty That's kooky. A, yeah. Pretty kooky, he, he's, always. He's a creative man. I mean, he made this whole thing. Uh, it, it's it's going to be something that uh, I think people are going to be really, really surprised at. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, is your home more chaos or control? <laughs> My home looks like color threw up. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with the TV show or the movie? Or you're too young to remember the TV show. Why, thank you. That yeah. is correct. I yeah. am. I am much, much too young to remember the, the much, TV show. Much, much, much too young. I did. Go after I was given the part of not Maxwell Smart. What? Yeah. All right. I let's fess let up. Okay. Let me okay. look at the. Let me find the cast list here. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Oh, there you are. You're still pretty high up there, Lisa. <laughs> Princess Ingrid. Princess Ingrid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, she is Nordic. Uh huh. I get to. Uh, Stretch my accent skills. So I've been getting some of those. I've been getting them from the Wong sisters. I'm getting the accent. So we got to hear just a little bit of Princess Ingrid. Well, she's very young and vivacious. Yeah. She's, um, she can't wait to go dancing and and galloping around the United <laughs> States. She's so excited to be here, and especially in Brownwood, Texas. Oh, especially. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> That is great. So, um, part of chaos, Princess Ingrid? No. Don't give it away. I, don't I won't give it away. Okay. But uh, no, Princess Ingrid is uh, she? She's she's her own woman. Is there a love interest? Mm, I can't say. Oh, listen to that. She's very tight-lipped. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Alyssa. I Thank look forward you. to seeing it. Thanks, Paul. Continuing the interviews. Now we are joined by the one, the only. You entrust your kiddos to this one. It's Sandra Richardson. <laughs> hey there. Isn't that scary? No, it it's is, not. No. Tell us about your day job, Sandra. Well, I am the new middle school principal. It's kind of hard to say. I'm used to saying assistant principal. Yeah. So it's been really exciting. We've had a great year so far. Have you? I've yes. been really, I've been worried and praying about you guys. Has it been okay? You know, surprisingly, <laughs> yes. We really had anticipated a lot more stress thanks to COVID and yeah. all the new changes. Yeah. But really and truly, the kids have been wonderful. So how is coming to the theater? Is this your stress relief? It is. I call it theater therapy. Yeah. Amen. How many shows have you been in now, Sandra? 
I have lost track. Wow. I would say five or six at least. Yeah, yeah. Which and one? My, what was your first? My first one was Harvey. Okay. And that was quite a few years ago now. That might have been about 10 years ago. And then you took a little break. I did. Um, our daughter, of course, you know, she went through... Uh, Surviving Cancer. Carly, Carly, yes, bless Carly, her heart. Who loves theater just as much. She's graced us on the lyric stage, and she's been amazing in productions at Brownwood High as well. She has, and I, this has been a weird year for her. It's her senior year. So, you know, theater had to take a little break yeah. this summer yeah. and a chance to visit New York and all. But I think it's going to pick up steam in the spring, and then we'll probably not see her except on the stage. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Um, now, tell me about when you got that call from the director and you saw the cast list, Sandra, and what was your initial shock at being cast as, as Maxwell Smart in this in this play? <laughs> it's going to surprise a lot of people. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Talk about the challenges there. Um, well, you know, the biggest challenge is, uh, well, actually, my voice is pretty close to his, so yeah. that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So give me, <laughs> so, give me your best Maxwell Smart catchphrase. Would you believe? I love that one. The would you believe? Yes. Or what's the other one? You got to give me the other one. Oh my gosh. There's yep. one more. That's you, my favorite you, one. You, you almost get something, but you. You almost had it. Is that the one? What does he say? Probably keep go. keep guessing. I'm not going to tell <laughs> you. You almost got it. <laughs> Missed it by... Oh, yes. Missed it by that much. There you go, Sandra. Which is exactly what I just did. Yeah. You just you just almost <laughs> got it. Who knows? The director, may, he may change the catchphrases, too, right? Everything else is changing on this it show. It might. You know, we added a little COVID spice to it, so you know, we might have to. What do you think about that? How do you think things are going so far? You know, I, we are all just so happy to be back on the stage and just to have that live performance again. We can't wait to have that audience. I know as an audience member myself, just to get to see some live theater and participate in that and have some laughs and get to relax again, be a little bit more like normal. I'm so looking forward to that. So, you know, I mentioned you're playing the role of Maxwell Smart. <laughs> um, now, if you weren't playing that role, let's just have a... Hypothetical? Yeah. Hypothetical. What other role might could you see yourself playing other than the Maxwell Smart role? Well, I might could be a tourist. Oh, I see. Okay. Who's just really <laughs> enjoying New York City and the fact that... Uh, there's so much New York has to offer. Have you come up with a, any sort of a of an accent for your character? We just today came up with a really good one. It almost is like we're back on the set of Beverly Hillbillies, oh, which I was also on because right. we're from Texas. We're tourists from Texas. Oh, see. I see. So it's yes. going to be a stretch for you, isn't it? Sandy? It's going to be so hard to get that accent. I'm not sure if I can. <laughs> Hey, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Have you listened to any of the episodes? Oh, yes. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's neat to hear about our people here that we get to see all the time when we work at the Lyric. So well, tomorrow you're going to get to hear from Larry Mathis, and hopefully you'll learn some things about Larry that you don't already know. Oh, I can't wait. Missed it by just a little bit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Sandra. All right. Thank you. Okay, now remember, jump on the grass, not the sidewalk. Okay, jump. <laughs> Missed it by that much. Brian Downs, welcome to Waxing Lyrically. Thank you, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here. 
If you're comfortable, you can remove part of that costume. Uh, <laughs> uh, hair a, on my face. Isn't that a wonderful feeling? It is. So, give me your impressions on how things are going for Get Smart. It's going to be great. We are, at this point, almost two weeks away Yeah. from opening. By this point, we're just rocking and rolling every night, just running it, running it, running it, making sure we get the nuances down of our yes. characters. Yes. The big stuff is already in place. Now we're just trying to make sure that people enjoy themselves and are able to laugh. So we want to make sure the city of Brownwood and anybody who comes in from out of town, I myself have like seven people coming from out of town. And we just want them to laugh and enjoy themselves and forget about what's out there. Yes. Brian, this is your first lyric show. It is. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be the last. Oh, it, it, it won't. I've already got a Christmas story already lined up. Are you getting that kind of that familial feeling as far as, as a cast bonding? I'm getting there. Obviously, this is my first time in community theater as well. Okay. Um, I haven't done anything in the theater since I was 15. Wow. And I'm 42. <laughs> <laughs> 42. So you are still a little too young to remember Get Smart, the TV show? Actually, Nick at Night helped with that. Oh, it did. It was okay. on Nick at Night when I was growing up, and I loved it. And I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> we were going through all the uh, all the Maxwell Smart catchphrases. Oh, I, I watched the first, preparing for auditions here, I watched that first episode. Yeah. A lot. Some of this stage show was derived from the first episode. Yeah. In fact, I think it's a combination of two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, joined together. And just the way Larry's been able to put everybody in place. And actually, the people that may not... I didn't, I did one... In the auditions, I did 44 one time. Yeah. My, my character's agent, 44. I did that one time in the audition. And he's like, okay, we're going to put him there. <laughs> <laughs> and... So I, let's... Uh, I, I think I know a little bit about your character. Uh -huh. And it's hilarious. 44 is the one that you always see in hiding. He's one of the two you always see in okay. hiding. Uh, 13 is the other. Okay. So, yeah, we're just hiding out. We're there to just gather intelligence, as it were. We auditioned in February. No, forever. <laughs> Yes. yes. And my so. wife and I, we were looking forward to maybe getting a role and being in the cast. And then when the date changed, we've got a conflict well, that one To be weekend. fair, whenever I go to Underwoods, I hope to get a role too. But that's a whole <laughs> other issue. <laughs> I like that line, Brian. Hey, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Paul. You have a great day, sir. You too, Brian. All right, we're still visiting here with the cast of Get Smart. Five days from when this podcast airs, it will be on the Lyric stage. That's right, live entertainment back in Brownwood. And I'm with the mayor, the great Stephen Haynes. Welcome to Waxing Lyrically. Hey, thank you for having me. Have you listened to any of the podcasts so far? I've listened to quite a few of them. Cool. What is the best thing about working with uh, Larry Mathis as director? You know, I think it's it's his encouragement. He's always so encouraging uh, to all the actors. He's so easy to work with uh, and fun to work with. He, he comes up with great ideas, great comments, works so hard on his set. Uh, but overall, it's just the attitude, the, the encouraging nature of, of the way he directs. What's the worst thing about working with Larry Mathis as a director? You know, because I have to see him every Tuesday at council meetings. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so so we're never off script, right? We're always uh, we're always uh, always subject to being talking about the show and 
Uh, but that's part of the fun of it too. So you do you you know Larry in his uh, in, in in another capacity. Is he different there than he is here, or do you get a sense that he's always the same? I think he's always the same. You know, I've worked with Larry uh, going back into my high school days when he was the uh, the drama director and worked with him in musicals and one act play. And uh, Larry's always been the same. He's always been that encouraging, thoughtful person, and he he brings that into the council room, which I think is extraordinary to be able to have someone with his compassion uh, but also his encouraging nature uh, to be representing the people of Brownwood is a great compliment to our city. What character are you playing? I am playing chief. Okay yeah. all right that's not a small role it's a pretty big role. No it's a great role. Did, now um, did you research the TV show to I get it? I did in? when uh, Larry cast the show and put me in that role uh, actually, it was right about, remember when COVID started? Yeah. Uh, and so I used part of my uh, COVID at home days to watch a few episodes of Get Smart. What did you take from that that you're using, you think? Anything really? You know, a show ahead of its time was what I remember thinking. You know, we always think about this, the era that came along with, uh, um, oh, what's the dog show? Uh, you know, that whole genre in about the mid-2000s yeah. where it was just that deadpan, dry humor. Oh, Be- yeah. Best in show. Yes, best in uh, show, that movie. Um, even the airplane and police academy right. kind of movies, sort of that just just dry humor, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And that's that's what I saw when I watched the episodes of Get Smart, and uh, really ahead of its time in the way that it delivered the comedy. So, how does the phrase "missed it by that much" apply to your life, Stephen? You know, <laughs> I kind of think of, of of a time, but uh, I, I'm I'm sure you know in 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 my legal world there are times when uh, you know you feel like uh, you're you're cross examining a witness or you're uh, you're 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 on a great roll with something and you you think afterwards, boy, I wish I had just done that, just said that extra little comment, but uh, so close and yet so far. Give the public those that listen to this podcast. You know, we have thousands of listeners, Stephen. Thousands. Why should they come see this show? You know, I think it'll be fun. I honestly do. I, I, I think the comedy in this show is great. The lines are funny, but just the uh, the blocking of it, the, the, the way that the actors are interacting with one another, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and see. Uh, I think we're all starving for a little entertainment, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, absolutely. COVID has uh, done a number on any kind of entertainment from movies to, to elsewhere. So all of our entertainment has kind of been in our living room. And, uh, you know, people are ready to get out. They're ready to, to see something on stage. Thank you, Stephen Haynes. Thank you. This is Kasha Rose, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we started. Excellent. Yeah, we're, we're on right here. <laughs> now, I, I don't know if you're familiar, but you got to get a little bit closer to that microphone. Get nice and cozy. There we are. That's good. <laughs> um, now, Kasha, you are playing. I'm a little nervous here. Yeah. Talking to one of my childhood crushes. Stop. I'm 99 serious. was one of your childhood crushes? I mean, Agent 99, are you kidding? Quite a woman, truly. Yeah, Barbara <laughs> Feldon. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. yeah she amazing. was a crush growing up. Now, you're good. young, good. so you probably have no memory 
of Get Smart, the TV show. Well, right? obviously not when it was originally airing, no. But yeah. as soon as I found out that we were doing the show on stage, I purchased a box set and oh, just binged. Yes, it was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, I was vaguely familiar with the concept before that, but I hadn't really like studied, you know, the the sentence cadences and, yes. and different things like that and just character analysis because you watch things differently when you're when you're studying it to perform it so like gilligan's island yes obviously i was familiar with that but then when they you know announced the show like oh i have to i have to just pour over it and, and yeah. absorb every detail i can and so so you're that type of actress that. you want to do that you want to really study it definitely and especially when it's something that's so close to people's hearts you want to give them something that's authentic that will have a modern flair and as you know because you've kind of been watching as this process unfolds there will be a few little modern touches and a some little bit covid flourishes to make everybody smile in our current situation so but, are, you, are you comfortable with everything the way it's going yeah it's yeah. it's really great we've we're taking all of the precautions that we can which is really strange because most of the time in the theater you're kind of all in each other's personal space yeah. and so it's it's been very different yes um but i think they're they're being very wise and very careful and very thoughtful in how we're doing everything um and so everybody's staying very safe and it's been really, really fun, even though it is a little bit weird to be standing six feet away from people that I would normally be face to face with. But um, it's working really well. And we're, we're kind of making it part of the shtick. And so it'll be a little extra fun. It is kind of hard to have that love scene. <laughs> yes, you, yes. Get... It's kind of a fun challenge, though, honestly, because I in, in all circumstances, like even in a pre-COVID world. I am a person who really loves doing the most with the least. Yeah. Um, and so if if you can have like minimal movement and just communicate everything with a look, I think that can be so much more powerful. And so I I have always loved doing things like that, just yeah. almost as like a, a challenge. Well, you, you know? have it's such I expressive eyes, though, too. <laughs> Thanks. So, so it, it's easier for some than others. I, I have been told that I have Olympic eyebrows. Yeah, um, they do. And I think they, they go. They, 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 wow, really, look at they really that. Do, yeah. They like go up an inch there and down. How do you do that? So they're very helpful. Can you I, control them one at a time or do they always? Oh, look at that. What do you think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have a lot of fun with it. So but. Agent 99, did you know the TV character never had a name? Did you notice? Have you picked up on that? So I was watching with a little bit of... Um, not a a feminist agenda per se. Oh, but... you're one of those, are you? <laughs> no, I'm really not. And it's so funny because I, I have conversations with my family all the time and I say things like, I just want to be a farm wife, which is like the least feminist thing that you can say. <laughs> but I'm also just a woman who has been both... Um, very discouraged in the theater industry and incredibly encouraged in the theater industry. So I've worked in in many different settings where um, some of which where I have been, you know, harassed or put down and very like told to go sit in the corner until we need you to stand on stage and say words, you know? And then I've been in other situations where it's like, hey, step up. We need this tech stuff done and somebody's got to do it, you know? And that's that's what I live for is that situation where um, people like Nicholas Ewan, you know, are like, hey, get over here and use these power tools somebody's got to do it I'm like hey that's me I'm all for it you know and so I kind of went into it with that mentality of knowing okay you know this is this is one of my favorite eras of television and it truly is so I'm mm. so excited um this is one of my favorite eras but I also know that it's important what we say with the shows that we choose yes. and so I did go into it kind of thinking okay how how are they going to treat her as 
a woman. A woman yeah. in this traditionally like masculine, semi-aggressive type super agent, you know, context. Have and you got so, it all figured out yet? I don't have it all figured out, but I keep asking the <laughs> questions because it's really fun. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is interesting that she doesn't she doesn't have a name. Yeah. Um, and so Larry and I have kind of talked back and forth because I just love like talking character development and things. And so um, we've talked about, you know, who she is and why, why she's here. Why do you become an agent as yeah. a woman? And why yeah. do you put up with being in the boys club and all of the nonsense that, co- you know, that oh, comes she, along with she that? She put <laughs> up with a lot of nonsense. She put up with so much nonsense. <laughs> like why, what motivates you, you know, to do yeah. that? And so it's interesting because you can, you can take it several different ways. Um, and, and so she's, she's kind of both, you know, she, she, you know that she's a human, and so I hope with with portraying her, I hope to show kind of those human qualities behind her. And she does have those cute little moments where she's like fluttery eyelashes at Max, you know. Mm. And then, but she also has these moments where she's she's almost a soldier, you know. Yeah. She's like, I'm here to do a job, and I'm an, I'm an American agent, yeah. and I'm here to serve America, you know. And so it's <sighs> it's this good balance. So I really enjoy it. I'm here with my crush here, uh, Agent <laughs> Agent Ninety Nine of Get Smart, and I've got two more two more things I want you to comment okay. on. Um, you mentioned the director Larry Mathis. Yes. Um, just tell me what makes Larry Mathis so great and wonderful. Merciful heavens, almost everything. Truly, um, Larry is so kind, and one of my favorite things about Larry as a human is that he's so kind and so thoughtful, um, and so caring about everybody in any context, but probably my favorite thing is about him as a director and what makes him so incredible as a director is he's not afraid to be ridiculous and to ask you to be ridiculous. And so those have been some of my favorite moments with Larry. And I mean ridiculous in the, in the best way possible. Um, because like Gilligan's Island, ludicrous, truly. And I remember the conversation and the moment when he asked me to play Gilligan and I just balked and I said, no, I, uh, I am a female person. No. And he said, I know it'll be great. And so and it was, and, and it, was. It, was it was incredible. Great. And then every moment I've, so I've done many shows with Larry at this point, but every moment where he's ever asked me to like stand on the furniture or jump off of something or, Hey, can you just somersault over here? Or, Hey, can we? And every time Larry throws an idea at me, I'm, I'm always down for it because he, he just, he's, it's so creative, you know? And so those are the things that really make those things fun. Um, and so this script particularly, we were talking about this the other day, we're like, really what, we think the audience is going to enjoy the most is all of the fun, like lyric elements that we put in. So not necessarily things that are inherent in the script, yeah. but things that we have um, have drawn out of or have sprinkled into oh, the script. Interesting, um, interesting. And and a lot of those are are Larry Mathis ideas because he sees a script and then he sees everything that it could be and everything and that's that's why i think people love working with him is because he sees you but then he sees everything that you could be and he wants almost like walt disney um i've heard animators who worked with walt back in the day talk about how when walt walt was in the room you wanted to be the best that you could be but then he came in and motivated you and encouraged you and equipped you to be better than you knew you could be wow interesting Um, very mm -hmm, cool mm -hmm. Now, Maxwell Smart has these catchphrases. Yes. Does 99 have any catchphrases? She doesn't so much. She and just, she, that's when. That is so sexist. 
<laughs> it is. A, it is a little bit. But again, that's one of those things where instead of being the militant feminist that it would be easy to turn into as a woman in the environment that we live in, I really look at it as a challenge. So, okay, if you're going to give me fewer lines, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you more potency and more power in every single line that you have given me. So watch me. Yeah. Um, well, so I really know, love to do that. So when you come to the performance, watch for Agent 99's eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> they will be active. They will certainly be active. This is 86 reporting into control. Hello, Chief. This is Max. I'm at the National Art Gallery. Anything unusual to report? Well, we just came from the Smithsonian Institute, and we saw the plane, the Spirit of St. Louis. So? Chief, was Charles Lindbergh Chinese? Of course not. Then I think we're being followed. Over and out. We are now joined by, let me, here, let me look at my list here and see. I've got a cast list here, and I believe this is, now your name is Ryan Bailey. Is that That correct? That is correct. Ryan, welcome to Waxing Lyrically. Now, what? Uh, let's see here. What small role do you have in this production here? I'm kind of looking here. Um, yeah, um, tell us what you're. What exactly you will be portraying in this play? I suppose you could say I'm playing the title role. I am Maxwell Smart. <laughs> no, seriously. What are you? I seriously am <laughs> Maxwell Smart. <laughs> Oh, just having a little fun with you, Ryan. Well, that's cool. We're having fun doing this whole thing. <laughs> Actually, I brought a lot of people in, and I, even the women, and I kind of put them on the spot. And I said, well, how did you feel when Larry called you and said, you will be playing the role of Maxwell Smart? <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a favorite catchphrase yet? Oh, gosh. I don't know. There's a lot of great little one-liners that Maxwell has that are a lot of fun. But, I I mean, the classic. I mean, the six, would you believe, seven, or, <laughs> you know, that some of the stereotypes, the, the originals from the TV show. It's just yeah. a lot of fun. So have you watched the TV show to prepare? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. Yeah. I, I did study... Um, Don Adams just a little bit and mm-hmm. got a you know kind of familiar with his voice and then when I learned and I can't believe I did not realize this that he was also the voice of Inspector Gadget. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which I did watch that a lot. You as were a all kid. over that. That was I right was. in your. Uh... So I mean, I've been listening to that voice for a long, long time, and I was like, okay, that's really fun. Unfortunately, my voice tends to go to that nasally kind of sound very, very easily. So yeah. it's just. It's right up your alley. Just a real, just a hop, skip, and a jump from my normal voice. So. That's kind of like um, Mr. Magoo was Thurston mm. Howell, you know, right, on Gilligan's right. Island, too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that same thing there. <laughs> What's been the most challenging part of, of being Maxwell Smart? Anytime that you portray something that is considered iconic, the challenge is making it your own while paying homage to the original character now because i don't want to copy exactly what don adams did i mean because that's just an imitation and that's not really acting i I do want to like i said get it in the ballpark so that people feel like they're not watching something that's so completely far away from the original that they're like what is what is this all about yeah so i want to give 
audiences and the rest of the cast, you know, something that is familiar yet also mine, you know, my creation too. You're right about iconic. In 1999, TV Guide ranked Maxwell Smart number 19 on its 50 greatest TV characters of all time. Wow. Two-time Emmy winner, so no pressure there, Ryan. No, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about... um, is there a certain line or a certain place where you're worried about cracking up and breaking character? Oh, <laughs> there, there's a few different places where I can think of that. It, yeah, it could be a little bit of a close call, but I almost feel like I shouldn't give those away because you, you want, you know, people to uh, come get a ticket to learn that stuff. Is the, <laughs> um, is the Bailey household more control or chaos? It's a bit of a balance, yeah. I can say. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, there's um, my wife, who is definitely a, a very good source of control in our house. But then there's the two and a half year old grandbaby, which is pure 100 percent chaos. I got to spend so, a little time with that grandbaby the other night. Well, and there you go. I mean, it's it's a mix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She she joined us in our, our the little Oktoberfest street party we had going on oh, downtown. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yep. Yeah. She's she's a mess. I love her. Um, for this to for this production to take place, you've got to kind of follow these these protocols. Right. So you can either kind of follow them halfway and kind of try to get it to where it doesn't interfere with the story, although that would be very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Or you can, as you coined it, one of the first rehearsals. Embrace the absurdity. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> you bet. All right, appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Waxing Lyrically, sponsored by the one and only Teddy's Brew House in downtown Bronwood. If you enjoyed our podcast, why not share it with a friend? This is your announcer, Kurt Schneider, wishing all Brownwood Lyric Theater lovers a great day. See you next time. Let's talk about your director, Larry Mathis. He has everything covered, and uh, he's a great leader. hes um, You can definitely tell he's been molding minds for many years. He is so grouchy. Yeah. He just is such in a mood all the time. He is pretty far out the left. He is a very positive person. Even if he gives critiques, he does it in a really positive way, and he's very enthusiastic. Yeah, I got nothing. You put me way too on the spot with that one. He lets you explore the characters on your own. He's not, he's not micromanaging. Can we start with the tennis shoes? Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. start there. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> this is the first time I've even met him, honestly. He's a total pro. He's always wearing that University of Texas stuff. Gag me, right? (laughs) Right? His mask doesn't cover his nose. I mean, how often does the man wash his hats? (laughs) (laughs) Is that good enough? I think I got it.